welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life with a... I don't know how to describe you, Allison Chase. You are an amazing woman and I'm so excited to chat with you because... We go back, I guess, three years. You were the first person that really um, I got to know in New York, but you helped me a lot get to New York. And so that's what I think will be really fun to explore, kind of like your side of things of, you know, how did you find me? And you you messaged me and was like, hey, you're moving to New York. I'd love to help. You had a spare bedroom. So very excited to get into all yes. of this. And um, you have been in New York for 20 years? I have, yeah. I moved from Los Angeles uh, to New York when I was uh, just a little bit older than you were when you moved to New York. In fact, a lot of the reason why we came together is, is that, um, well, we should give a little background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should yeah. give background. Background. Okay. So um, basically, for those of you who have not heard the story, are, are we on camera here too? We are on camera. We're on camera yes. too. Okay. Yes. For, for those of you who have not heard the story as well, um, or at all, basically what happened was is that um, my younger son, Callum, was a big fan of Casey's. Mm-hmm. And I would go and pick him up after school, and it became our habit to watch Casey's videos. And then one day... He showed me Sarah's video, which was a spoof on Casey's, which I'm sure all of you have seen. It's really very clever, well-produced, funny, and smart. And, um, and, uh, I, I was really, really impressed. And we went to your Twitter right away. We were in the back of the cab. And you had that day had put out on Twitter, hey, I'm moving to New York City. Does anybody have any leads? So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Because I was living in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. And so recently I've been making videos about like getting to New York, you know, the steps you have to take. It's a very difficult adventure, um, you know, with rent and everything, having to prove 40 times, you know, you make 40 times the monthly rent and your annual salary. Yes. I had no idea. Had no idea. Yeah. Um, and then so I got an email from you. Yes. And it was very just like chill. It, it, honestly, it was one of those emails that, I probably get a few of every week of just like kind of reaching out like very nice but at the same time there's like no links or anything yes. um, so it's kind of like I don't know who this person is but you were very nice and just like hey let's chat you're moving to New York I might be able to help and I was like hmm this seems interesting <laughs> <laughs> exactly you remember and this is three years ago which right is like how many years in the life of of this business, but yeah. it's like 20. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my God, I'm just sitting here in your office. Totally. Things have escalated very quickly. Totally blown away. <laughs> I just, but wow. yeah. So for, cause I've only told the story maybe once really in a video. Um, and it was you who really helped me, um, come to New York, be, acclimated enough like because it's it's one thing to be able to move to New York get an apartment it only takes a few days but they're so stressful and a lot of times if you can't find an apartment within the first like two days it's just very defeating you might just end up going back home that's very true so you provided a just a spare bedroom for me and so I was thinking like in the beginning huh 
stranger danger just someone providing you know catfishing what what's what's the deal with this but then we hopped on a facetime and i was like oh they seem nice yes um and then you know i'm not going to reveal your address but then you you let me know where you live and i was like okay i don't think someone who's trying to catfish me would be in the situation you know living uh where you live so when i tell the story people think it's crazy because literally i showed up to your place with my parents and some luggage you weren't even there yep. but the doorman helped me up to this place that supposedly I was going to stay for a few weeks as I found a New York City apartment and it's so funny because I, I don't think I've ever told you directly to your face but when I when I got to your place and I saw the spare bedroom it was it's bigger than any apartment that I've <laughs> still owned in New York so I was like what is going on? What is this? And so you became kind of this mystery person who I didn't see for a few weeks. Yeah. So that was by design. Okay. The idea was for you to have a totally independent living experience in New York City without any involvement from me. I wanted you to um, not feel like you were a house guest or being watched. And I certainly did not want to be responsible for you in any way. So um, it, the idea was is that this is, this is all you and you're in charge of, of getting to know the city on your own, of making this work on your own, which clearly, my God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> not a problem there. Because um, have, you, have you done this in the past, offered up your spare bedroom? I haven't to- done it. In the past, how how they was how I the, the first? How the apartment, yeah, how the apartment came up was uh, my older son, Finn, not the one that I would watch the vlog with. He's he's uh, two years older. Uh, he was gone for that period of time, so we had this extra space. But subsequently, since we've done we did that together, I have offered it to um, uh, other people, other similar situations. Um, sort of young female entrepreneurs just starting out in New York City. This is cool. It's like you're like this little kind of female entrepreneurial incubator (laughs) where, because I say incubator because honestly, one of the biggest resources um, living in New York is just a peace of mind of having a bed and a roof over your head, which is the most difficult part of getting to New York. Um, So when you first reached out to me, do you think that, do you think it was going to be a thing? Like, no, I no. We I reached out to you. Were you surprised when so, I actually showed up at your doorstep for so many reasons? In a way, I actually kind of wasn't surprised because anybody who knows you or follows you or is involved in your life, I mean, just your energy is so. Um, how do I even put it? it? It's it's actually a gift. It was a gift to Callum and I to have you there. Your energy your spirit, um, total joyful confidence, um, independence. Um, oh, thank you. Wherewithal of just, just please keep making going. shit happen. You know, a lot of people talk <laughs> about things, right. but you actually do things. Right. I mean, I just really, I'm, this is, I'm blown away with this space. Actually, I'm not. I'm not surprised, but this is this is pretty awesome thank you well yeah and that so that turned into because the first few weeks I was there it was 
this thing where I was trying to figure out New York. I was trying to figure out how to, um, you know, make things happen, make videos with people. Cause I already had a little community, um, before cause I had jobs there before. And it was this really cool introduction to New York because I was blessed enough to again, have a roof over my head. That's the hardest part. So I was able to just like, okay, figure out apartment, hop into making videos and, you're a big origin story of the parties that I started too, because one of the first things I talked to you about when I first actually got to talk to you and meet you was I have all these cool creative friends, entrepreneurial friends, investor friends, um, but they don't know each other. That's lame. Like I want to throw a party or something. And (laughs) again, you surprised me so much because you were like, oh, let's just have it in my apartment. (laughs) And guys, I kid you not, it was insane because you you got drinks sorted out. You had hors d'oeuvres. You had someone with a camera and a, a journalist who did a write-up about it. Yeah. Um, and we called it Peachy Party. Yeah. And it was basically, uh, you know, you invited people. I invited a lot of artists and stuff. And just in your apartment, we had this, like, the dopest gathering of people. Yes, multi-generational. Yes. Artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, yeah. writers. Mm -hmm. therapists (laughs) and that's where yeah and that's where kind of the seed of now hustle and why was born uh, the networking event I throw with my friend Chris and that was so crazy to me because I I think I was getting the same energy from you as well like I had an idea and then you're like oh let's do it right and that blew my mind yeah I think you need someone like that for everybody who's listening out there I think um if you have somebody who is a like-minded um it really helps to motivate. I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of the reason why your you and your um, boyfriend's relationship works out so well, right? It's just so mutually motivating and supportive, and it makes things a little bit, propels things forward. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to have those relationships, whatever they are, friendships, partners, to motivate you and push you to just make things happen and that's why I love New York so much is because that energy is everywhere right yeah and recently so I made an apartment tour video and I got a lot of comments of like I for the first time ever I said how much I pay for it Mm -hmm. and so it's a one-bedroom apartment midtown for 3,500 a month and that shocked a lot of people. Mm. That was like, for that, Sounds you like could get it. You can, no, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, there's so, there's so many comments of, you could get a mansion in Wisconsin. Yeah. You could have acres it's of true. land. And, you know, but it's, well, I don't want a mansion. Uh-huh. Like, I want experiences. I want the energy of the city. Yes. And not everyone understands, I guess, the context of, like, you have to be self-aware of who you are as a human, what you need. Yeah. So why have you been in New York for 20 years? Why? What yeah. first got you here? Because acting, modeling, yeah. that stuff. So the story of how I got to New York was based on a breakup. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, having graduated from UCLA. My longtime college boyfriend and I broke up. And we got into a really big fight after dozens and dozens of fights. And um, at the end of one, I said, I'm leaving. And he said, well, okay, I'll I'll see you next week because that's how it always went. And I said, no, 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 I am leaving. I'm I'm leaving the state. I am moving to across the country to New York City. So that's the true story of how I got to New York City. And um, like you, I had a my I moved in with my brother who really helped me. So it's a little bit of a play it forward. My brother had a little studio apartment on 54th and 2nd, and he let me stay there 
uh, for a while. And he also loaned me uh, money for my first studio because, like you said, you have to have the first, last, and security deposit. So I was, I know what that feels like to have that help. And for, yeah, another little funny story. So when I was staying at your place, I finally found an apartment after searching, searching, searching. And I was delusional enough to be like, I don't want roommates. So that narrowed, narrowed the options down too. But I found this like crappy Penn Station apartment for $2,100 a month. And I was like, okay, this is as good as it's going to be. Let's do this. But I had a broker. So a broker fee and then the first and last month's um rent and then the security deposit and the crappier the apartment i've learned the bigger the security deposit and so it was insane because you know i've been leeching off of you for weeks so i'm ready ready to get my own place but then i came to the point where oh my god my bank's still in nashville and you can't bank transfer they want what's called cashier or what do they want bank or the cashier's check check, cashier's check and so I was in a position where I found the apartment. Let's go. I submitted all the paperwork, which is insane, an insane process. I had my my parents didn't have, uh, you know, 80 times the income to be my guarantor. So I got documents from my grandpa. I had to literally like submit his bank statements from his life savings yeah, for like 80 years to prove that I could rent this $2,000 apartment. Yep. I got to the end and then I was like, crap, I don't have... I can't get these cashier's checks. Yes. My bank is in Nashville. I was literally like, I got to fly back to Nashville. Yeah. Um, but then that's when you came in clutch again. Um, and it was crazy because you trust me enough to where, okay, I'm going to do a bank transfer. Right. And then you did the cashier's checks for me. So I'm telling you guys, I might not be in New York right now if it weren't for Allison. <laughs> you know, I love that story. I have just sitting here l- talking to you and looking at you and you you know, Sarah, I have this memory uh, so clearly of running into you in the elevator. Was I packed up ready to go to and Nashville? And you were, you were, um, I said, what's going on? Where are you going? And you said, I, I've got to fly to Nashville, like right now. Yeah. And um, I said, you know, why? He said, I've got to, you know, deal, like as she just described, all this banking stuff. I was like, no, 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 we're not, you're not going to Nashville right now. You know what? Let's just head over to Wells Fargo right now and just get this done yeah. because, Which is, um, thank you so much because um, <laughs> that literally is what secured my apartment because those people move quick. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's kind of a, um, yeah, there was like, a, I think there was like a sort of a, a God element in all of this. Yeah. I mean, everything or some sort just of higher fell, power fell into place. <sighs> a higher power thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank just you. Timing. Thank you. Like I said, uh, you're having your ha- knowing you and having you in our lives was an equal, if not greater, gift. So. Oh, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, and it was so crazy because uh, at that moment too, it was so funny because I saved up all this money being yeah. in Nashville, moved to New York. Um, and I, I think I saved up to like $14,000. I'm like, I'm set. Right. You know, I can <laughs> I know. do anything. Yeah. And then literally that first deposit in between broker security, right. first and last, I wrote checks for a total of $11,000. And I was yeah. like, well, this better work. Oh gosh, I totally remember that. That's right. <laughs> okay. And then the place was full of, of with rats. Yeah. 
Remember? Yeah. That was a <laughs> you great... You were above the uh, Japanese restaurant, weren't mm-hmm. you? <laughs> yeah. And there were rats. And luckily, I had the Adobe residency at the time. And so I was going to a lot of conferences and stuff. And you got so, off. Yeah. You got oh, stolen, remember? When uh, your did. FedEx stuff got stolen or something? Well, I did have packages stolen, yeah. but also someone broke into my apartment oh. while I was there. So it was funny because I got all of the New York experiences within yes. the first year. It was kind of awful. I, I went to Adobe and I was like, listen, whatever conference you have, book me. Right. I don't want to be here. Yes. <laughs> um, but then I came back and everything fell into yeah. place. But yeah, that first year, Boy, if that you survive that first year. It was very cool. So cool. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, and again, with all those things kind of falling into place at the same time it it was hard the first year but mm-hmm. everything fell into place and it worked out well because you were I mean Sarah <laughs> it's really one of the most hard-working right. creative just go for it people I, I think I've some, ever met I, I guess mean some things you will... created your own luck and then the op- when the <laughs> yeah. opportunities presented themselves you were prepared right, right, right. so yeah so what's that um, quote the harder you work the luckier the, you get yeah that, so that old quote hopefully things what do you do I'm really curious what do you do if and when you ever feel stuck hmm it's interesting because I feel like I never have time to feel stuck so that's one of the secrets? Yeah. Just to just stay in constant powering. motion? Yes, 100%. And it was so funny because last night I was trying to get up a video and it was a moment where I had worked on it all day and it was getting late. So I'm like, oh, no one's going to watch this. The later it gets. And I was freaking out over the thumbnail. Um, and then John, who was sitting next to me, saw me freaking out. And he was like, oh, well, you could do this and this. And just like made my YouTube thumbnail for me. Nice. And I was like, oh. So I think it's about having the right people too. Yeah. To where when you have yourself yeah when support. you have those freakouts to um, have the right structure or people in place to where you don't have the opportunity to get stuck and you just put mm. one foot in front of the other you know but Allison it's about you well about us and about you well because it is about self- me because it helps me learn how you do it because right. then it helps me right well right? and selfishly too I wanted to do this podcast because I want to still learn more about you because you know we've had our deal of brunches but still there's some mystery around you Allison so I would like (laughs) I I want to dive deeper Um, so you moved to New York and I remember you telling me you were part of a startup right that like sold to AOL or something I was an OG yeah so tell me about the journey so you break up with a boyfriend yep you move to New York Mm -hmm. a new woman you get your own apartment yeah I had a little job with a telecom company with Sprint and um, the Sprint offices were right next to Condé Nast, which were sort of glamorous uh, publishing company back in the day, Vogue, Glamour, GQ. Still Everybody, pretty glamorous. Uh, yeah, still, yeah. yeah, still very glamorous. But in the day, um, they had big uh, expense accounts. So I would see really chic looking girls with fabulous outfits and bags and shoes getting into limos, going to expensive expense account lunches at Michael's. Um, so I said, like, what is going on over here? And I kind of, kind of like similar to you, Sarah, I kind of just marched right in to the uh, HR department, cold called them and said, what's going on in here? I I work next door at Sprint. I think I want to work here. And I got a job right away at their new media group called Condé Net. 
Condé Net was when they were just starting to put magazines or content online. And they and thought everyone put the .net into their name to be the hip, the hip new thing, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. And they thought, oh, she works at Sprint. She must know something about data <laughs> or telecom, which what was- What were you doing at Sprint? Just sales. It was my first job out of college. Thank you, UCLA Career Center. You know, just going door to door to businesses, trying to get them to change their long distance. So, you know, not very glamorous, but definitely a good, solid, safe salary and benefits and that sort of thing. But in any case, that is that story is probably not very interesting. Um, just to make a long story short, Condé Net led to iVillage. Any any iVillage uh, crew out there? Um, it was one of the largest IPOs, one of the first um, uh, really successful ventures from AOL, uh, putting and what content year online. Was the this IPO? is back in 1994. Oh, so way back 93, 94. The crazy crazy hype and then the cratering of it exactly so it was like good timing yep yeah Mm -hmm. because that was 2001 right that everything was just oh everything was done at i was long gone by then okay although we all all we all everyone at ivillage got ten thousand shares so a lot of young girls in their 20s were able to buy their first apartment from that Love it. What was iVillage? Mm-hmm. So iVillage was a venture started by uh, Nancy Evans, Candace Carpenter, and Robert Levitan. And their first site was called Parent Soup. And it was uh, just like an online magazine, essentially, um, that had to do with all things parenting and everything around the community of parenting. And we sold banners on the top for $10,000 to things like, pam- to people like Pampers and, and you know, Buick and... Um, UPS, I remember, was one of our clients. Starbucks was early. This is way back when. I mean, way back when. Everything on the internet was just kind of smoke and mirrors. Right. But that's when banner ads were hot. Banners ads. I mean, uh, that was the way. If you were willing to take the risk. Yeah. yeah. If the advertiser wow. so was, was willing to take the risk. That was, for the advertiser, it was because nothing was proven. Right. So did you have data that showed click-through rates at that time? ish yeah. i mean everything was i guess you had web page views that you we could did then translate mm-hmm. to oh this many people probably saw it yes interesting so iVillage was that just the parent company of like publisher like different yeah, websites so they like did that? um they did uh parent soup and then two other after that they brought in some really heavy duty talent tina sharkey um some Beth um, Polish, um, just kind of people who are now have just gone on to be internet sensations. Um, yeah. So. And when you were there at that time, could you, I mean, obviously IPO successful, but when you started and were building that, could you feel that you were on the cusp of like, oh, this new internet age, this is so crazy what we're doing? Or, I mean, what were your feelings around that time? Because from an outsider, I'm like, oh, that could have been, I've watched so many documentaries about that time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, was that exciting? I mean, that mm-hmm. feels exciting. Or was it just like a job? It, you know, I was distracted because I was... Um, brought up to, to with sort of the mentality of you sort of go to college to meet a husband. And so I was very focused on, oh my gosh, I'm 26 years old and I'm not married yet. And I need to get married and have children by the was time that, I'm was that 30. During, when was like Sex in the City? When did that Oh hair? gosh, what year was sounds, that? Mm, does that sound a little bit 
maybe maybe during that Carrie Bradshaw stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like. What made you think of that? Cool. Uh, I started watching it recently. Yeah. And <laughs> like the, I didn't realize that for some reason in my brain, just because I guess the movies have come out recent, I thought it was more of a recent thing. But you see the first season and it's like square doesn't look h it's not hd at all you know i'm like oh this was actually way before my time but like what was culture around that time in new york were you influenced by that at all or was it still a lot of women were doing gosh i sound so old-fashioned but i mean a lot of my friends were taking the career path for me having i grew up in a small town cincinnati ohio and with you know just really traditional type family and um the way I was raised was different than a lot of the mentality of the girls that were in New York City. But I wish I could say, God, I was so focused on High Village and the exciting potential. And But really what I was going home at night and thinking about was, um, you know, guys, boys, dates, getting married, sort well, of that. And as a woman, too, there's a certain... I know it's too taboo to say clock, but you do have to think about that though. Because if you want kids, like I want kids, but I'm fully aware of it almost every single day of, okay, I got to build as much as possible right now because I know I want that to be a part of my life. But it's it's not silly because it's something that impacts everything because you kind of have does, to line you know, it now up. All the girls are fr- freezing their eggs. So that's the... That's, that's the, the latest. New. That's the latest. Yes. The egg freezing. Yes. yes. So was that something that, um, like, did you take a break after I Yeah. Village, okay. Or? So what happened is, remember the story about the, the boy, the boyfriend, yes. the boyfriend in LA that I moved to uh, New York for. So he came back and he moved to New York and I ended up marrying him. Mm. And when I got married, uh, when I was 26, um, I started working at iVillage part-time and three days a week and then the rest of the time I went to acting school and that's when this whole acting career started and I got an agent and then the next chapter began that's so fun when was when did acting like pop in your head was it from a little kid or like like most of you guys out there who are want to be actors or actresses or whatever in the entertainment business you probably did it in high school um, I know you, you, I was a theater kid, yeah, right? Yeah, you're a theater yeah. kid and a musician and all that sort of stuff. So I think these things sort of happen when you're little and then when you actually go for it, you know, in whatever variation, I mean, you're, you're an on camera talent. You are a performer. You are a, but it, but you're yourself, right? Which I thrive so, in. I could never yes. act. <laughs> Right. <laughs> could never do the acting thing. So did you start That's to get one of the jobs? Things. I, remember, what, what I, was that I remember watching that video of you with Callum thinking, my God, she makes this look so easy. She's so natural on camera. There's no, it's like, it's so authentic. Um, I was really drawn to that because that's not easy. It certainly wasn't easy for me. And you make it look easy. Um, I guess it was the middle school and high school videos. I got all my awkwardness out during then. <laughs> all of the just like music videos and the cheesy. I did a lot of cheesy stuff before then. So I guess I had my practice. But did you go into it being like, oh, TV movies or commercials or more of the personality thing? How did that I take went shape? into it doing thinking TV and film. And um, I got a great agent, who my same agent I'm still with 25 years later, Tracy um, Goldblum at Abrams. So I uh, got an agent, started auditioning, got, got some traction, and then I got, um, had kids and became a mom. So when you're a mom, 
and you want to be sort of a full-time mom, TV and film doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. Particularly theater doesn't. It's more commercials. Gotcha. So you can work part-time. Because mm -hmm. TV and film takes you away 16-hour days or on right. location, that sort of thing. A lot of work. <laughs> so I had this pretty relatively successful uh, commercial career. Cool. Doing commercials, corporate training videos, voiceovers, and hosting, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so living in New York, right, is a whole job in its own, right? So was that the iVillage thing, the IPO? Was that where you secured the apartment? I wish, I wish I could say that was my story because yeah. I think it'd be more inspiring for people <laughs> out there. But the, the truth is, is that I got married. So now I had a financial uh, security that I didn't have before when I wasn't married. So I never would have quit my job at iVillage uh, and gone to acting school if I didn't have that type of support. I wish I could say it wasn't <laughs> well, that no, case, but, but that is, that's the truth. So. Yeah. Well, that and also though, being a mom and being a full-time mom, I mean, that's a full-time job of its own as well. So it's like going into that with someone too. It's like, oh, you can't be worried about I don't know, all the bill, bills when 24-7 you're running around the kids, you know? Because I, I have a, my mom who's a full-time mom. I mean, she was literally like bringing forgotten lunches to the school every day, doing all of our laundry. Um, and I attribute a lot of who I can be today to my mom. So, so hey, yeah. Mom. Shout I'm out sure. to the moms. Shout out to the moms. Yeah. So how does that manifest in what you do today? What are your dreams, Allison? Mm. So life. what happens with the mom, the mom route is that the kids get older and it gets easier. So when they get in high school, you have a lot more time because your kids basically don't want to be around you. <laughs> <laughs> they want nothing to do with you. So you have more time to sort of circle back to your ritual, as you say, your dreams. And um, that just means a more intense focus on creating your own projects, more time for that, which I've, I've launched a couple websites and I'm right. Uh, we're doing a book and focusing more on this idea of TV and film. Cool type stuff. Oh yeah, and talk about Pink Wisdom. How did that come about? Oh right. Okay. So if you are an actor, this is good advice for everyone out there. If you're an actor and you've got to create your own projects, so you just sit around and waiting for the phone to ring, which is very demoralizing. I mean, you're the master of creating your own projects. My God, right here. Next, I think I don't think I've ever met anybody who knows that more than the beautiful girl I'm sitting across from right now. But um, the, uh, I mean, even Brad Pitt has his own production company, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. So, and Gwyneth, listen, Gwyneth. Yeah, Goop. Yeah, Goop. So anyway, so yes, I created, I created these websites this, as, idea, as this idea to give a vehicle to, for myself to be on camera. That's awesome. How is it, I, I'm sorry if mom questions are boring, but I'm genuinely interested in like how raising kids in New York is. Because it's funny. Something that has always stuck with me is from one of your parties, actually. So if you guys don't know, Allison throws awesome parties. You are an amazing social butterfly who brings people together. And I love it. It's inspiring to me. Um, and at one of your get togethers, I was talking to a couple. They were probably in their 50s very beautiful they were talking about their kids and I was basically like 
man, I feel like raising kids in New York would be so difficult. Like being scared they're going to get run over by taxis and like blah, 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 blah. And she was just listening to me and she just looked at me and said, my kids go to the Met on the field trip. (laughs) My kids get to experience every culture in the world by just like being in their school. Um, And she just started like listing off all these things. And basically it shut me up because I was like, oh, yes, I'm sure there are some things to New York where you do have to worry about maybe they don't have as much uh, green grass to play on. But there's there's other things, right, that make it very beneficial. Long-winded version of just me asking, raising kids in New York. Yes. What is that like? Well, you know, this is making me wonder, are you thinking about having kids? I mean, it'll always be like a part of the Is that something that you and John are, are like planning I mean, anytime soon? Not soon, Mm -hmm. but definitely in the picture, right? I feel like it's more normal to have kids at like 30, 32, 33, Mm -hmm. so I can build my empire before then, maybe take a couple years off. (laughs) And what are your thoughts on marriage? Um, I, oh, we're getting deep here. Yeah, I want to get married. Like we, we talk about that a lot. I see it as, um, more of like a partnership of things where, hopefully we're crazy in love with each other until the end but even not I see it more as like just a partnership in life like raising a family business it's more like multifaceted for me and like in my brain it's like definitely until the end (laughs) you know it's like um but then of course you can say that but, but yeah yes yes so, but no time frame on that. No rush. No time frame. But mm-hmm. of course, it's always in the back of my head of like, New York, is it going to be a place where I would want to do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And where, well, where would you be if you weren't here? That's a good question because I don't know. I mean, LA, I guess, is always a possibility, but. Because mm-hmm. John is, that's his home. Um, yeah. Well, he's actually from South Carolina. So the East coast is good for him because he can visit South Carolina. He has a lot of friends in Cincinnati, Ohio, actually. So it's a shorter flight to there. Um, so the East coast is actually cool for him for those reasons, but he basically built his skateboarding career in California because that's where the skaters go, right? Beautiful weather. You can go out and skate. So that's definitely something for him, I feel like he might need in his life, just like the sunshine where he can just like go outside anytime. Um, so I feel like that's always in the back of my head a possibility because like the industry's out there too. Like I wouldn't die if I was in LA, you know, I could still do what I want. But for me, why in New York I love and am so interested in it is every industry's here. I love that I can walk to a startup that I'm involved in. I love that I could walk, ride the subway to a YouTube collaborator. Just everything's here. Mm -hmm. People like you are here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, it's not just YouTube. What about this idea of doing both? I think it was interesting for sure. I mean, we go to California for the winter and stuff, which is amazing. Um, But yeah, I guess for me, it's kind of like right now, just New York is the only place. Mm -hmm. That's why I always think about, oh, when there's other little humans involved, Mm -hmm. How will that change that? Because all my family's in Texas, but then yeah. industry's not there. Lifestyle. I like the New York lifestyle. I like the subway. Mm-hmm. I like my booster board. <laughs> my moped. Yeah. I love this moped. <laughs> it's so fun. It's really awesome. So I hope that means that you've given up the booster. I still, no, I still Okay, but that. you're wearing a helmet now. Yes. Okay, good. And with the moped, I 
I don't know where it is, but I wear a full size helmet with my moped, like a motorcycle helmet. But yeah, so it's definitely always in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Did you for sure know that like New York is where I'm going to stay? No. In fact, I I think I I have some opinions on this. Um, I think that when the kids are babies, which is kind of that zero to kindergarten, zero to four, I think you can really be wherever. I think New York City would be great. So that gives you and John or whoever, I'm assuming whatever. Yeah, me and John, <laughs> yeah, together and John, forever. You and John, kind of this idea of this, if you decide to have kids, this isn't something that where you need to make that decision right away. It's, it's great. It's really interesting and fun to have kids in New York City before kindergarten, maybe even grade school. But ha- me, like you, having grown up in a small town with very different, a very different ch- childhood, now in retrospect, I actually feel like raising my kids in New York City is a little selfish. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because when you grow up outside of the city as a kid, you can attain New York, right? You can, at least know what the other can, side feels you like. Can, you can break out of the small town right. and go to the big city like you did, like I did. But if you grow, grew up here, where do you go? You go to surpass your parents or to follow the dream. You've already done it. So I guess my feelings about raising kids in New York are all around that. Because I think about that all the time because I got severely bored of texas by the age of 2021 but it's in texas where like all of my dreams kind of started churning manifesting and it's almost like that boredom and yearning for change is what really drove a lot of my decisions and when you grow up kind of in this like suburban bubble there there are a lot of different things to strive for that i guess deal with location deal with um, you know, being around people that look different, um, watching movies, watching stuff that's mm-hmm. so different from what you've experienced. And I guess that's an interesting point where someone who grows up in Manhattan, would they ever feel the urge to like go to the suburbs? Because I mean, what do your kids yeah. think of the suburbs? Do I feel they like, even I feel think like all the people it? who are growing up in New York City are going to hate this, but because I mean, what do we know? We're just like small town girls. I don't, it could be, I don't know what they think or if I've, you know, people yeah. who have grown up in New York city, how they, how they view it. I don't, they probably don't share my opinion on it at all. I mean, they probably think it's sick. At They're like all. rolling around so, so sick this people. This is just my and... perspective of not having grown up in it and then raising kids in it. I think that it's for my own, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's just an interesting idea to explore. Um, it is, but I like the, I like the idea that you're thinking about these things. Well, for context too, yes. when I was, I don't talk about this a lot, but when I was in high school, um, well, my entire life, like my f- family has been a big part of my life. Um, but I had a very, I guess like the classic nuclear family, like dad went to work, mom stayed at home. She took care of everything mm-hmm. and I just did my thing. And so I thought I was like, sick this is a good setup right and so when I was in high school I had the same exact mindset I'm gonna go to college find a husband Mm -hmm. have kids and be like a genie that's my mom (laughs) right and 
it wasn't until later in high school when I started like having all these hopes and dreams and I started thinking about a career and then I went to college and I was like, oh, there's so much to explore. I started traveling more. Um, and that's really when it started to shift. But when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. That was literally what I aspired to be. Interesting. Boy, so, that was a real shift. Yeah. I Although mean, you might circle back to that. In yeah. The, and late, you never know. Down the road. Because I, yeah. I love kiddos and I love family. Mm -hmm. um, but for people who only know me as YouTube Sarah, yeah. I'm a very career driven, like hustle, 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 you know. Yes. Um, but that would before was just like, oh, I just want to be a mom. Yeah. You know. So it's, it's, it's interesting how things shift. Yeah. For sure. This is a big but conversation in our whole society right now, right? I know. It is a very interesting conversation and how the roles are changing. Yes. And how it puts pressure, I think, too, on because it's been one way for so long. Mm -hmm. So once you start changing that, then you get judged. Yes. The power dynamic shift. Yes which is always a recipe for like tension, mm -hmm. right? I mean, what do you think about? Well, you know, it's interesting because even having this conversation, all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh gosh, I shouldn't say anything because people have such strong opinions about this. And, um, and I don't want to in any way not appear to be a feminist. <laughs> you well, know? Well, no. I mean, I think every side needs to be represented and it, that yeah. doesn't mean that you're not a feminist. Yeah. Um, I guess at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever works for you is what's best. Um, everybody's got a different way of doing things. Um, it's a lot, very much influenced on how we were raised ourselves. Do you have a different perspective on marriage now that you've... Ah, okay. So it? what happened? So the, the, <laughs> sorry, we're getting, we don't, we don't have to talk about this. No, no, no. It's okay. No, but... what, so actually what happened was, is that, um, so I was married and then the guy the, my husband and I got divorced when I was 40. So I've been single now for a while. So, um, which you look not a day past 32. <laughs> it's just insane. It's funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I've now, now I'm back sort of, you know, this idea of having relationships in New York, not being married. The kids are older it's a whole different phase. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that? What is dating in New York like? It's just the, yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Give us the tea, Allison. Um, I find it really easy to meet guys. It, the idea, the, the tricky part is to, you know, find someone that you're not picky about, someone that you like. Right. So, right. But as far as meeting them, I don't find it difficult. Probably a bigger pool of you know the dating apps and mm -hmm. setups and oh so one thing that one of my websites is called pink wisdom and which is basically this curated sense of, uh, curated videos of interviews with women who are experts in their field um and a lot of them some of them are matchmakers hmm. so they set me up too what is a matchmaker a matchmaker what is a woman who it's like a personalized dating app basically hmm. they set you up on dates you probably have a bigger success rate of like an actual human instead of an algorithm controlling your matches. I've met, I've met some cute guys on yeah. Bumble. Is yeah. Bumble where it's at? I met someone, the guy I was just dating, I met him on Hinge. Okay. You have any friends on Hinge? What I about kinda... you, Jonah? <laughs> yeah, are you on Hinge or Bumble? Uh, Hinge. 
Hinge. Yeah. So Hinge seems to be kind of the thing right now. So I'm just doing it like everybody else. Yeah. Do you have different, because it's weird as I'm no longer, you know, grew up in the suburb bubble, Texas, moved to New York, which is as coastal as you can get, you know, the crazy coastal elites, the, some of my Texas people will call, call them libtards. (laughs) That's a very non-PC thing, but I hear it out of so many people's mouth in Texas. <laughs> um, but when you have these like cultures clash, there's a lot of like searching that you have to do. And that, you know, what I grew up to believe, is that true? Is that something I still believe? You know, there's a lot of like personal tension, I feel like, in not my everyday life, but just when those things come up. Yes. You know, so do you find yourself more like still rooted in how you were raised and like what you believe in Ohio or has it changed dramatically? Has it like best of both worlds? Like what was your experience with that? Oh, gosh. Um, A lot of soul search and stuff. Yeah. In this pod. <laughs> um, one thing that I would imagine you would have to deal with if you were single, as a woman, successful woman celebrity in Manhattan, is um, finding a guy who is able to um, still feel, um, not feel emasculated by that. And... um, Gosh, I feel like I'm really going to get into trouble here. No, no. Yeah. I mean, even beyond the dynamics of like a romantic relationship, were there things just in your personal life that you thought were 100% this way and then you moved to New York? I'm very hot on this topic right now Mm -hmm. of like the dynamics between where you grew up and like where you end up. Yes. You know, Um, I mean, did you, when you were young, mid 20s, late 20s, did you have to kind of have like a reconciling of like, oh, my parents taught me this when I was in Ohio? But now this isn't making sense somehow. Uh, on a couple fronts. One was the idea of getting divorced, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want that to happen. I remember sitting, you know, everybody in New York City has a therapist. If you can't live in New York City, if you don't have a psychiatrist or psychologist, that's kind of part of it. So I remember sitting in the, my therapist's office for a really long time, four or five, six, seven years. And you know, lamenting about my unhappiness and my marriage. And he would say, Allison, why don't you just get divorced? You know, have you thought, what about doing that? And I'd say like, no way. No, I would never. No, 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 no. That's not an option. That's not an option. I mean, I did that for years. So when I finally mustered up the courage after years, and it does take a lot of courage to get divorced, um, I think a lot of my views changed in my 40s about those type of things. Also parenting. I think I always had a vision of what's the right way to parent, and that's changed. I think now there's lots of different ways to parent. So I think there's lots of different ways to be married, lots of different ways to parent, lots of different ways to do your career. Um, Maybe that's one of the advantages of getting older experience and just figuring out that 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things where everything's a journey (laughs) and everything needs communication because it's never going to be perfect. It's probably never going to be exactly what you expect. What is going on in your life right now that's not perfect? I mean, luckily, I don't strive for perfection. (laughs) So I try to keep my expectations as low as possible. So I'm not incredibly unhappy when those things don't happen. Hmm. Um, That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, because I think happiness is expectation minus reality. So when... I'm not saying go into life without high expectations because I think a lot of my drive comes from expectations of myself, but it's just my myself. I think you get into trouble when you start putting your expectations on other people and then you just get disappointed, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's always a sense of um, like wanting to do more mm-hmm. and there's a frustration of not being able to keep up with that. Yes. And also balancing what I know is very important in my life like I've gotten the whole I've gotten better at being self-aware and that like I get so much joy of just like going home ordering food and watching an hour of Netflix with John Mm -hmm. like protect that good check but then also like okay I need to go back to visit family in Texas more probably um but all of that stuff I think I can handle it's, I think, just striving for more and feeling like I can't keep up with um, just my own expectations of, like, business or, like, what I want to do. What is, if you could sort of wave a magic wand, what does more look like? A diversity of things. Like, not not just having a business that relies on my face. <laughs> that what? That relies on my face. I see. Like, a business that relies solely on personality and me being in front of the camera. That's why this podcast is really cool. I mean, yes, I still record video that you can find on my YouTube channel. Hit the join button. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mainly the audio version. I would like to think that no matter what phase of life I'm in, I can still record audio. Mm-hmm. And that there's not a lot of pressure to that. Mm-hmm. I can have cool conversations with friends, colleagues. There's not a lot of pressure. But the never ending making two videos a week for YouTube, mm-hmm. but wanting to do more than YouTube. I think that'll... So it's like you said earlier, building this mega uh, um, media empire. You've always said that. You've said that for the last few years. I use the word empire a lot. Right. So so kind of like a uh, a thrive or... or Kind of... Who are your... Who's who's doing it now that you admire? So, I mean, that's a good question. It's funny. It's turning like into a therapy session for me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) for asking these questions um I think it's more of a I love making videos um but something more than just videos it's not the classic oh I want to make films I want to be in the movie theaters I want to be it'd be cool to have a docuseries on Netflix but that's not the end-all be-all like I think it'd be really fun to just have a diversified work schedule like not just making videos but being involved with businesses that have to do with creative tools that have to do with the entire process Mm -hmm. to where I can be maybe along the lines more of just like a creative director a CEO a blah 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 of just businesses that deal with this world but I'm not in front of the camera all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so maybe an angel investor 
Maybe. Yeah. I or, mean, on a, yeah. Or just when you say creative director, do you mean for somebody else's company of, you know, Oh, someone has a great idea. They're the engineer. How can I come in and help make it more of a reality to, you know, the audience that I appeal to, you know, like uh-huh. to be the, like what Casey did with CNN. Meeting. Yeah. But that was still, yeah, he made money off of it, but you, I don't know. You could tell that wasn't his thing. Like he wasn't yeah, excited then, about that. It was basically then you have just, a boss right now. You don't have a boss, right? Which is awesome. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Well, I never, I never want a boss, but I guess mm-hmm. just more partnerships with people. Mm-hmm. So sort of come in as a creative consultant. And, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or just having my own other companies. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try to not strive for the perfect life because I never, I, I know it, it's just like, it'll never be perfect. Yeah, and everyone has a definition of what perf- exactly. perfect means. Yeah. If I get to wake up uh-huh. and still do what I want every day, that's like, yeah. that's the most ambitious thing to ever set forth for yourself. So if I can do that, I like I'm good true yeah any easier said than done yeah I I read this great definition of happiness recently that said um, the definition of happiness is uh, when you are really actively engaged in something you love doing Mm -hmm. so I think that you've kind of hit check the boxes in that for sure Sarah yeah it's cool right so I hope it can uh, I think just keep get growing and manifesting yeah and Mm -hmm. I'm very self-aware that I I do enjoy the journey so because I think when I talk about this a lot of people kind of roll their eyes and be like oh, you're never you're never going to be happy because you're trying to attain something that will forever just keep going I see I'm like yes I understand but I really enjoy that process I enjoy like oh hiring my first employee how do I work you know with them to build something bigger than myself and mm-hmm. then how do I offload a lot of the creative process on them so I can go and do other stuff and like yes. The journey of that's very exciting to me. And I think every day when I get like a piece of tech mailed to me for free, it's like a little reminder of like, oh, high school Sarah, like it's so stoked. Mm-hmm. You're literally living the dream. You're getting free stuff sent to you. Yeah. Like that massive ass TV right there. Yeah. They just sent that to me. That's when Which I, one? Oh, this like one that's 65 inch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's when I have to pinch myself. Cause yeah. you know, you get kind of jaded and like things get annoying and like, Oh, I have to do this and that. And like, right. Ah, YouTuber, you know? Um, but then those little things that it's like, I would have never even imagined it would be like this five years ago. Yeah. Sarah who showed up at your door, you know, a lot has changed. Yes. So it's a lot to take in. So yeah, I mean, what is mm-hmm. happiness for you? Well, it's kind of the same with being an actor. You kind of just keep wanting the bigger, you want bigger roles, more yeah. big, bigger projects, get more doors opening, and then, but then little things, you get little hits, like the TV and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, like a, it, yeah. W- what is it like going into those auditions? What are you auditioning for? Um, what's it? What's it like? I'm just, I'm, in? Yeah, I'm forever intrigued by that. Yeah, Wait, or do you do you audition as well? Um, a few projects here and uh-huh. there, just for personality based yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, but it, you're always playing yourself. Yeah, got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. how is it for you as an actor going into? Well, a lot of being an actor is trying to get the job. Yeah. The job is trying to get the job. So, um, you know, I, I surround myself like you do with your 
your hustle events and other entrepreneurs and, and creatives. Um, I surround myself with a lot of other people who are in the business, a lot of actors and artists of a creative community, which helps very supportive. Um, and, um, it's a lot of rejection. I'd say it's 95% rejection, but it's also really fun and I love it. So does that get exhausting? Like the, um, does it get exhausting? Cause I guess going back to your thing, what you said, you mm-hmm. have your own things that I just have, I have an admiration for actors and people who do that. Cause I've only done it a couple times yeah. and every, I'm like, I do not, I do not have the thing that people have to have to be successful in this. <laughs> you mean the, the thick skin for rejection? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, I guess I kind of, I'm fine with just moving on, but it's scary for someone to have the control over my opportunities, I guess. This is true. This is yeah. true, which circles back to create your own projects. Right. Right. You know, um, I'm curious how you, as an actor, somebody who's like an on-camera person, how, how are you so comfortable on camera? How are you so at ease just being yourself? Practice. Um, thank you for saying that, but I think it's, um, a really fun prat or a really fun thing for you, you guys to do at home is to go back on my YouTube channel five years and look at the videos. I was still doing the same type of videos. I was sitting there in my room teaching people aperture ISO and shutter speed, how to use your camera, but I was doing it in a way that I looked terrified. Like it was literally me just, Hey guys, what's up? Um, today I'm going to be doing this. And so, yeah, like I wouldn't even cut awkward, you know, it was, I, there was a lot of years of being shy in front of the camera. So I really do think it's like just keeping consistently putting stuff out. Cause I think only in the past two years have I really reached a stride of being myself. Like even the Casey video, I wasn't, even in that video, I wasn't talking at my full volume. I was, I was still kind of shy. Um, and that's why in recent videos or even in live streams, when I do live streams, people legitimately are like, are you on drugs? Are you like, what is going on? Because I get, I am a very excitable person. And so that's just now kind of translating, I think in the past couple of years to my YouTube channel. Um, cause that's truly who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you don't, get nervous and you don't spend a lot of time thinking oh no are they not going to like me no I get more nervous of like is this video going to be good enough because I mean I think that's good the advantage for, what? for who for yourself for, me, for the audience I mean, for the like the the video creatively is it stimulating because I started behind the camera so for me I always had to be doing something more than just like a talking head video sitting on my bed so I think that's what yeah and when you go on all these panels, which are constant, constant invitations, and I saw you at the Yellow Collective in LA, I guess a year ago, two yeah, years yeah. ago, which is a great one, by the way, if you guys don't know that one, it's yeah. the Yellow Collective, Joanna Waterfall, I think. She's awesome. Right? So uh, do you get nervous? Do you prepare? Do you... Are, do you th- no. So the okay. only... Okay. I am human. I get insanely nervous when I'm giving a solo talk and I have slides. So something through practicing I've realized is 
if I just prep a little outline um, and because, you know, public speaking, that's terrifying. I think that's a like, yes, I still get nervous no matter what. But it's who finding out who you are and like what are best practices for you. If I sit and stress over slides, like at one point I was doing talks with like 60 or 70 slides structure terrifies me that's when I get the most nervous and I'm not me on stage but if I prep and I just have a general outline in my brain and like write out a few points and I just go in and just kind of not wing it but more or less wing it that's when it's like fun for me Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why panels are cool because it is more less winging it it's a more loose structure Mm -hmm. which is fun have you had any media training I did with Adobe because um, they were like, oh, you're going to be in front of cameras, blah, blah, But that was mostly because I was with other creatives who weren't used to being on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how you say public speaking is terrifying? Mm-hmm. You never seem terrified. That's good. Ever. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like a... I, I do enjoy it, but I'm reaching the point where like it does stress me out enough like the the leading days before to where now like I need to be paid uh-huh. <laughs> it can't just be like the courtesy thousand dollar fee yes. it has to be I have to think of it more as I'll do panels for people who I care about out the wazoo any mm-hmm. time of day I just did one for Simplecast who I use for distributing my podcast those are fun you don't have to think about that mm-hmm. but now with public speaking I need to view it more as like a vertical in my business to where I'll do it to develop my skills and to be able to get the fee up. Okay. But it causes too much stress beforehand to so not to really, it. yeah. And who's fielding the opportunities for you? Are you still working with this manager? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I have a manager, but he's just dealing with like inbound stuff. So I'm, I'm in a very, I think I was like, I hate the word lucky because I think it's way more serendipity. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I have been lucky in the sense of like when I was born, the time period we're in, everyone wants to be rah, 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 women in tech, mm-hmm. women in filmmaking. Um, but that rah, rah, rawness, we still have a lack of females in those areas. So I think I'm on the receiving end of so much opportunity because I found myself. Right time, right place. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So I love how this is turning into like a me podcast, Allison. Well, being, in, being <laughs> I mean, I when I go into an audition or even on set, I'm I'm totally terrified. Really? Yeah. And does it? So it hasn't lessened. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit lessened. Yeah. But I mean, so that's. I have an audition later today, and I'm thinking, I'll, I'll I know I'll have that feeling right before I kind of go in. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but you, like you said, it you does, back. it practice yeah. helps years, yeah. the 10,000 hours, the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. But I think that's reassuring mm-hmm. to people that, okay, people who are out doing it right now, mm-hmm. if it still doesn't go away for mm-hmm. them, just keep at it. You're not alone. How are you, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to ask you this because I'm assuming you've already done a video on it, but how are you making money right now? Uh, brand integrations. So is, so like feeds, so leads from your manager where you're getting um, sponsorship, co-sponsorship, like this guy who yeah. sent you the TV. Yeah, yeah, the company. So l- luckily, it's um, I've I've been building relationships with brands for the past four years. So luckily, it's reaching a point now where it's pretty automatic. Like 
they email me my manager checks my email and he does all the logistics sets up the fees sets up the deliverables nice um, which is which is on a good flow that's awesome but it's reached a point recently where i've become so fatigued so in the you look at a little youtube insight guys in this world, there's basically two types of integrations. It's a dedicated video or integrated video. Integrated videos are more of the 30 to 60 second integrations. This video is sponsored by Squarespace. You do your talking points, maybe in a creative way, then you move on. Dedicated is more of like, it's probably gonna be like five minutes of your video. It's very involved. Um, maybe it's involving you going to this person's event or something to where it can fill up almost an entire video. So of course for dedicated videos, you're gonna get bigger fees, but then I feel like it's more of a strain on your audience. So recently I've tried to pivot to more integrated videos, so it's less of a strain on my audience. So it's more of those 30 to 60 second integrations, Mm -hmm. lets you get back to the content you wanna make faster. So you have to do more of them because it's less money, but it's less of a strain on your audience because okay. I used to do a lot of dedicated stuff and it's just too much work for too much ad for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a very over-explained answer. Mm-hmm. And are you getting these on a weekly basis? Yeah, so I'm trying to set it up having at least like one integrated sponsor a week and then hopefully posting two videos a week just to keep things going, keep opportunities rolling. And John does the same thing. Similar. So he's he's better about kind of doing his own thing. Um, and see, and that's something too of like, you know, different things motivate different people. I came from a world where I did get good grades because it made me f- feel good. Like, you know, I was always striving for, I guess, the approval of the systems that be. Yes. Um, so even if... I mean, I really don't care about money. It's a way to know that I'm like keep. It's like a way to keep track mm-hmm. almost. You're so not like worried about it. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I see the numbers go up, that means okay, this is gonna give me the opportunity to like do something else, like flexibility in my career. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to have this office too. Exactly. Which it, this, this affords. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Do you basically just get up and come here all day? Um, every other day, probably. Every other day. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's really um, nice to have a space to go to. Exactly, isn't it? exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's. Yeah. Back to Allison. Yeah. Wrap this up with Allison. Yeah, let's wrap it up because I want to end on just the New York note too. Yes. What have you seen in the past? Like, how has the change in New York been over the past twenty years? Because you've you've kind of gotten a front row seat to, um, you know, your good spot in Manhattan, kind of in the middle of the action. What have What are some things that have changed the most maybe haven't changed in In, just in new york in general oh like is it you know like has you know maybe it's real estate prices maybe it's people maybe it's restaurants i just i've been watching a lot of new york documentaries recently i watched like a documentary on studio 54 recently oh i saw that too it's good yeah i'm just very intrigued by like new york did you read? Did you read Patty Smith's book? The kids are all all right. I didn't. You, know. you would like that one. Twenty two. Yeah. Um, how has New York changed in the last twenty years? Gosh. Um, well, in the gosh, that's there's so many different facets to that. There's um, the you know my business, the entertainment business. Being an actor in New York has certainly changed. Um, I think I need some more specific questions than that. 
So what about just everyday life? Is there more, I'll give you an example of, um, we live in Midtown in in a more kind of residential-ish area, but in the span of us just being in the same place in two years, it seems like every little restaurant that we've enjoyed has just gone out of business and it's gone. It seems like it's only the CVSs and the the giants of the world who can like hold down rent here. Um, and so do you see, is real estate ever, ever going to chill or do you just see it as like a forever and those, I guess, just the lifestyle, I guess, will change like, you know, mom and pop shops no more, you know, that pizza joint that you like that isn't a Domino's mm-hmm. will probably be no more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm the person to answer this. I don't know. I'm not, it's not my, um, yeah. this isn't my thing. I, what about in acting? Yeah. Hmm? Do you, in acting? I mean, how has it changed with, it's changed because most things, the biggest change is most jobs are now non-union. Interesting. It's a big change. Oh, we could talk about that. Yeah, we could talk about that. I mean, maybe we could do that on our next podcast. Yeah. Should it should There's, it be the round two? Yeah. Should we, should we do round two? <laughs> round two. Right. Um, well, thank you so. Yeah, I think we're that went by so quick. Thank you, Allison. How are we doing? Is that it for being for being on the pod? And thank you maybe for having at me. Some point we need to have a part two. Let me know, guys, if you if you enjoyed it out there. Thank you so much for being on, and thank you for thanks for watching, you guys, helping me in my New York journey. Yes, yes. So make sure to check out Allison. All of her links will be down in the show notes below. Make sure to subscribe to that Creative Life. Come back almost every single Monday. Um, and until next time, guys. Yes, stay peachy. Keep creating. Follow Allison on stuff. Thank you, Allison. Thank you.